Thank you for having me out here. Merry Christmas. Are you guys ready? Yes. Yay. I have, I'm, a, I'm, almost, I'm almost ready. Almost. It's like, ah, uh, it's not, I don't know. We don't, we don't have much time left. It's getting closer and closer, so, but it's exciting. And so I'm so glad you shared that video. That was so, it was so much fun. It never ceases to amaze me. We've been doing um, Joshua Kids Ministry for 30 years, like going on 30 plus years. And God's faithfulness is, it's like, it's like on autopilot almost. Like we don't do anything. We're like, God, you do it. And we're just here to, to you know, man it and, and tell us where to go, which direction and how to do it. And, and he does it all. So it's been such a blessing to be able to love families. Um, yesterday we had a mom there that she used to come when she was little. And, and she had her um, eight kids. And she's pregnant with her ninth. And so we got to be a blessing to them. But, and I, I know you already heard this, but I, I just have to share God's faithfulness with one more story. Because they're endless and endless. But I got a, um, a call from my brother, Louis, Pastor Louis. He's the campus pastor in Lorraine. And he said, I have, I have some, a family from my gym that wants to um, like donate to a family. But they want their names. They don't want to just like give a present. They want their names. And instantly, it wasn't me. It's all Jesus. He's like, Briasia, Kavion, and Craig. I'm like, all right. He said they, they want three kids and they want about this age. And Jesus just like, because there's a ton of kids. So to remember all their names is like, that was not me. That was definitely Jesus. And so instantly I said, oh, yes, I know exactly. And their ages fit exactly because their kids wanted to buy that same age that their kids were for another kid that age. You know, it's fun for them to pick out what they would like for the, another kid that age. So it, it matched up perfectly. And then it, I think it was Thursday when we were with you guys and I got a message that said, um, the mom messaged me. She texted me and said, we have absolutely nothing for Christmas. Like, nothing at all. Can you please, is there any way you can help us this year? And I'm like, God, you already, you already met the need before she even asked for it. So these, these, their name was already brought up. Jesus did it before, you know, they were even asked. And this family from the gym, they're not even believers. They just wanted to give. And so God will use anybody, right? He'll use anybody to get his work done. And if we're faithful to do it and just like, I'm just like a vessel. I'm like, okay, I'll take it from here. And then I pass it on to here. And so if we're obedient and willing to do that, it's so exciting and fun to be a part of his kingdom and his, his kingdom work, isn't it? It is so much fun. It's like, it's exhausting. I go home yesterday, but I'm so tired, but I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. Oh, just watching them and being with them, you just get like that supernatural Jesus, Jesus joy energy. So thank you for having me. I am here to talk to you about dreaming again. I want to encourage you to dream again, to believe in God's word again, because this world needs you for the purpose in which you were born. You have a purpose. Every single person in here, there is a purpose in which you were born. And God is destined, and other people need you for that purpose. They need you to walk in your purpose because there's something in your life that they need and that you have from God to give to them. And so my text is from Genesis 37:50. But before we start with that, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word today. God, I thank you that 
Um, God, that you are just opening our hearts, Holy Spirit, that you will just give us a deeper revelation of your word and understanding, God. Change us, Father, from the inside out. Show us what you want us to see, Lord. Something new and fresh, God, that we will be able to dream again and trust you and see your purposes fulfilled in our life and the lives of those around us. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Amen. Amen. So in Genesis 37, this is where it begins. It starts with a dream that saved generations to come. Generations to come were saved because of this dream. And it says in Genesis 37, 5, Now Israel, Jacob loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a distinctive multicolored tunic. His brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than all of his brothers, so they hated him and could not find it within themselves to speak to him on friendly terms. Verse 5, now Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. Talk about a messy family, right? <laughs> a messy family. This goes way, way back. So, so Joseph, he had a dream, and he was the younger, he was... Um, Jacob's beloved um, son of his beloved Rachel, and so he was really special to him. And that right there, I'm like, eh, you know, I don't know. If you have multiple kids and you favored one, how do you think that would go over, right? It would not work. So there's some mess there. There's some, uh, it's a little dysfunctional in, in my eyes, but, but he was favored in God's eyes. And so Joseph... Um, Joseph was telling his brothers, I had a dream. He's so excited. And so I'm picturing Joseph. He's either um, cocky. I'm like, is he cocky? Or is he just like one of those people that has so much joy that nobody can crush their joy? Are you ever around people like that? It's kind of like Buddy the Elf, like that, but that movie. I don't know, the Elf movie. And he's like, but dad, and he's so happy. And clearly his dad like wants nothing to do with him in, the, in that movie. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure you have. But if not, go watch it. It's hilarious. And so nothing can crush his dream. So I'm, I'm picturing him either like that or he's just this cocky guy like, you yeah, know, whatever, I don't care. But his brothers are much older than him. And so he goes to his brothers and I had a dream that my, I was in my wheat and I was in the middle and you came around me and all of your wheat grains bowed down to me in the field. And they're like, what, do you, what are you talking about? You think we're going to bow down to you? I'm not bowing down to you. You know, I'm the youngest of, I have two older sisters. And so I can imagine if I said that to them, they're like, get out of here. You know, when we were teenagers. Yeah, right. Like, get out of here. Who do you think you're talking to? And so again, in Genesis 37, 10, he told it to his father as well as his brothers, but his father rebuked him and said to him in disbelief, what is the meaning of this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow down to the ground and respect before you? Because he had another dream that the, uh, the 11 stars and the sun and the moon, they would bow down in respect to him. And so the first time they got mad at him, but then again, he comes and he tells them again, You're, the stars are bowing down to me. And they get mad at him again. So that's why I'm like, there's a lot of messiness in this family. And you know what? We all have messiness in our family, don't we? And if you're the mess in your family, it's okay. <laughs> we know, we understand, we love you, right? And if there's someone next to you that's the mess in the family, don't, don't point at them, don't make any faces, it's okay. 
because God died for all of us, every single one of us. Because that is why we are in a need. We are in need of a Savior, right? He sent his son. We are all, in, oh, excuse me, in need of the Savior. Grab a drink of water. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Get those, like, scratches always at the wrong moment, right? <clears throat> so Joseph was special to Jacob, and he favored the one. You are the favored one. Jesus died for you. You are the favored one. You're the Joseph. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> and his brothers hated him. And you know what? This world hates you. The devil that is loose in this world hates you. But you're not of the world. We're not of the world. We're of a different kingdom. And so Joseph finds himself, um, his brothers, he's there with his father, <clears throat> excuse me, and his brothers are shepherds, they're out tending the flock. One more drink. Man, I didn't have a problem with my throat all morning. <clears throat> excuse me, thank you for being so patient. So they're out tending the flock, and he travels out to, to go check on his brothers. His father says, go and check on your brothers, see how they're doing, take them food, I don't know, whatever. And so I kind of feel like that's a setup for failure right there, because you know they don't like him, but I'm not sure what's going on. We know this was God's plan, right? We know, because we know the end of the story, so it's exciting for us. Um, so he goes and checks on his brothers, and, and they're out tending the flock, and, and they said, look, there comes the dreamer. Let's get rid of him. Let's, let's throw him in this pit. Let's, um, let's kill him. I'm tired of him. We're going to get rid of him. So they throw him in a cistern, and, and then, you know what they do? They go have lunch. They go, it literally says they go and eat or dinner or something. So they throw him in this pit while they decide what to do with him, and they go sit down and eat. I don't know. That's kind of cold-blooded. But I can see some of, like, if you, you know, some, of, some siblings are rough out there. Like, if you had rough siblings, like, maybe they would have done something like that to you. And so they go and eat, and they contemplate, well, what should we do with him? Reuben's like, no, let's not kill him. Let's just, let's just, you know, let's sell him. Oh, look, there come some slave traders. Let's sell him to these slave traders. And so they sell him to these slave traders. They, they take his coat that his father gave him, and they, they get animal blood on it, and they say, okay, we're going to tell our dad he was attacked by an animal, and um, we don't, we, you know, we're so sorry. We know it's going to break his heart. We don't know what happened. So he finds himself in the pit of life, like a real pit, literally, right? And so we cannot allow circumstances in life to kill our dreams because God placed those dreams in your heart to fulfill his purposes in this world. For me, and for not just for me, but for others around you. Do you know that you have dreams in your heart that God put there specifically that would fulfill the dreams of others around you? And so we cannot allow the enemy to destroy those dreams that God has put in our heart. We can't allow circumstances of life to kill those dreams that God has put in our heart. God is mindful of you. I love Psalms 8, 4 says, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of earth-born man that you care for him? I know life is hard. It's painful, right? It can be very painful, and it can be real. And I'm not undermining any of those painful um, circumstances that happen in this broken world that we live in with sin, and it keeps us in a pit sometimes. 
family problems, job loss, um, loss of, of loved ones, um, maybe just the illnesses or rejection, pain, real pain that keeps you or tries to keep you in the pit of life or tries to keep you in that pit, but you are on his mind. So I love the, um, I know, so glad Mama Denise is back there because I know a couple years ago she had written in her on Facebook and shared with a lot of people about praying about courage to trust, right? I think that was it, courage to trust. So I wrote that in my notes because that stuck with me for the last couple years, that courage to trust and, and trust again and dream again. And so I want to share with you why you cannot allow God's circumstances or, or life circumstances to kill your dreams and the, the dreams that God's placed in your heart. So we have, um, myself, um, Pastor Troy and I, we, he has two older kids, and so we have a blended family together. So we have lots of kids. We have bonus kids we talked about the other day. And, but Jeremiah, I have Jeremiah here and my daughter Precious here too. So that's kind of cool. We're never always in the same place. And Masi here, that's so fun. So um, when I was about 37, I don't know why God waited till I was 37. Um, Jeremiah was in high school. I think Precious was like 12 or 13. And I just had like this burden to like, I didn't want any more kids. I'm like, I am happy. I got a boy and a girl. Like they're grown. I get to love on everybody else's kids because I love kids and just then send them home. You know, it's perfect. But my kids are older and they can just take care of themselves. And so I just had this burden and like in my heart to have another kid. And I'm like, no way, Troy's gonna, I can't even say the word baby to him. He will be like, what is wrong with you? You know, like, are you insane? And so like literally two, two three years had gone by. And, and I'm like, okay, God, like get that. Like, you know, you ever try to push something away and you're just like, get away from me. Like, stop it. Ah, and that's all you hear and that's all you see. And it's just craziness. And so finally, I, I you know, shared with him like, I want to have a baby. I want to have a baby. And I finally convinced him, let's try to have a baby. And so after a couple tries, it did not work. It, it literally almost killed me, and it just, was not, it, was, it just wasn't working out. And so we, my, my sister, Mary, and her husband, they were, they were doing foster care. And so, which this is also God. Troy's like, it wasn't even my idea. So he'll, he'll talk about me sometimes and say, it's me. I keep filling all these, the house with all these kids. But he does it too, so don't, don't let him trick you. And so... So we started foster care classes, and so we did, we, we did our foster care license. We had the sweetest little boy, our first little boy. He was, like, perfect, slept, like, 12 hours a night. I'm like, I'm going to keep you forever. <laughs> and so he went home to be with family. It was awesome. It was amazing. We got to have him for a few months and, and love on him. But our, our second phone call we got um, was Masi, and he, he was eight months old at the time. And when we got the phone call for him, he, we of course said yes right away, and he did not sleep. Like, I mean, did not sleep. There's just a lot of trauma. We found out later just more of the, the details of his life and, and what he had experienced, but he would not sleep. So I was literally like, I can't do this. I can't do this. You know, so, so Jeremiah and, and my husband, Pastor Troy, obviously him too, but they would, they would take night shifts with him, and, and we just made it work. And so I thought, God, what are, what's going on here? Like, what did you, what did you want from this? And so we, we developed a relationship with his, his mother. 
we met her and, and she went into rehab and, and so he got to come back and forth with us and we became his godparents and, and she wanted to have him dedicated at the church. And so when she brought him in to have him dedicated at the church, she saw one of our, our um, patriarch members from the time I was a little girl, Brother Jim Johnson, who is now with the Lord. He just died a few years ago, maybe four or five now, but um, he was about 94 when he died. And he, him and his wife, wife Elizabeth were like prayer warriors in the church. I remember them coming to my home when I was a little girl, laying hands on our, you know, our bedroom doors and just anointing our, our home and praying over our home and just a father and mother in the faith that we looked up to. And when she walked in the foyer that day, she said, that's my great, great grandpa. And we're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like the way that God orchestrated that. And I remember um, his wife, Elizabeth, was such a prayer warrior and she prayed for her family and, and she fasted for her family and they prayed and they did not give up. And so her prayers were being answered even after she was in heaven, gone. Her prayers are still being answered. So that right there, is another encouragement. Don't give up. Don't give up because God has heard those prayers. And timing is just, it's just a little thing. Don't worry about that because God's timing <coughs> is perfect. And so had him dedicated and um, she had gone in and out, just still struggling and having problems. But about three years ago, we got full custody of him. And I thought, God, all of that pain that I had to go through in experiencing <clears throat> excuse me, and experiencing loss and, and that real deep and literally almost loss of life. But I thought, God, and I, and I know at one point I heard in my heart, even before we met him, I heard in my heart, God, God told me those alone times you have when you can almost hear his voice. And if you haven't experienced this, he's waiting. He wants you to experience this where you can almost literally hear his voice saying to you, exactly confirming to your heart. I heard him say, you will have a son. I will give you a son. And I'm like, man, did I hear that out loud? Or did he hear it in my heart? Like that was, it was so crazy real. And then it happened later. And I thought going through all that loss, like God, what is going on here? But you know what? God knew that he needed us. He needed us, and we're still, there's still struggles that he's going through, and he has some, some issues but God, that God is healing him of. But God knew that he needed us and that we weren't going to give up on him. And God knew Elizabeth's prayers at the altar and Jim's prayers at the altar and their consistent faith. They did not stop. They did not stop. Let me tell you, he was consistent up until the week before he died. He would drive the bread that he would get donated from the grocery store every Sunday or every Saturday before Sunday to bring it to the church to give out to people every single week. Like the consistent faithfulness of the servants of the Lord, God will bless it. So don't give up. Have that courage to dream again. Those dreams that God has put in your heart, the purposes that God is waiting to fulfill in the lives, the, your own life and the lives of others. It's so much bigger than that. And so we don't always see the picture. Our eyes get kind of foggy, right? You go outside and if it's like the gla your glasses get foggy and you can't see. But God is trying to clean it off so he can show you. Your ending is so much better. It's so much bigger. 
And so I'm sure that Joseph felt a little bit um, discouraged in the pit, when he was in the pit of life. Number two, stay away from dream killers. And dream killers, sometimes we think, those haters, I'm staying away from haters, I'm staying away from these people that are trying to hate on me. But you know what? Sometimes we can be our biggest haters. Right? We can be our biggest haters with our compromise, our own compromise. Stop, don't comp our own compromise can either slow down those dreams or it can kill it themselves. Our choices that we're making because, because God's given us a free will. He wants us to choose. He wants us to want him and long for him and desire what he wants for us. And so stay away from dream killers. Now, everywhere that Joseph went, he was blessed. So eventually he was taken um, to Egypt. And in Genesis 39, we find the story here where he found favor in Potiphar's house. And he was sold to him. As an, he was an Egyptian official. And he was um, put in charge of all of Potiphar's house. And so he had favor again. Everywhere he went, he found favor with God because he stayed faithful to what God had called him to do and God had called him to be. And so he's in Potiphar's house and... Um, Potiphar's wife desired him, and she wanted him, and she wanted him, and she wanted him, and went after him. And finally, he was like, nope, and he ran from, him, ran from her and had to drop her coat, his coat and run away to get away from her. And so she, of course, lied and said, you know, he's trying to come after me. And so he finds himself in prison again, in the pit of life again. And so these dreams that he had— all this, everything bowing down to him and bowing down. And now he's probably not so cocky anymore, right? Life has a way of humbling us, doesn't it? Like, oh God, please, I'm sorry, help me. I don't know if he was cocky, but you know, I'm just kind of like envisioning it that way. And so he finds himself again, but he kept dreaming no matter what. He could have gave in to hopelessness. He could have lost courage, but he didn't lose courage. So he found himself in um, prison with the cupbearer and the baker of, that came from um, Pharaoh's palace. And he, they have these, these dreams, and he um, interprets their dreams. And so he tells him, God is the interpreter of dreams. I, I can interpret these dreams because of God. I'm not a magician. I'm not um, anybody else, but something that I have in my heart, it comes from God. And so if we let him... God will use his purposes, even in the pit or the prison, for his glory to save others. And so Joseph didn't lose faith in his beliefs. And whatever Joseph did, God made prosper. Proverbs 19.21, Many plans are in the man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand and be carried out. So Joseph had to go through even more. In the midst of his pain, God was still using him for his purposes to be fulfilled. God will use your pain if you can trust him enough. And say, God, I'm going to give you my pain. I give it to you. And he'll make something beautiful out of it. Isn't that awesome? God will make something beautiful out of it. So while he was down there, he was able to interpret um, the dreams of the cupbearer and the, and, and the baker. And so when he, when he went back up, he said, when you get back up to... To the, um, you have to read the story. There's more. One of them doesn't make it, but I'm not going to give you all the details. Go back and read it. So when they go back up, they get released, and they go back up, and, and um, they get to go back into, well, one of them gets to go back into Pharaoh's house, and he said, when you, go, when you get to go back 
and you get out of here. Remember me. Tell Pharaoh about me. Number three, God's purpose will stand. Isaiah 46.10 says, Declaring the end and the result from the beginning, and from ancient times the things which have not yet been done, saying, My purposes will be established, and I will do all that pleases me and fulfills my purpose. God knows your end. You can trust him. So meanwhile, it is two years goes by that Joseph is still in prison, still waiting. So you might feel forgotten about. Sometimes those prayers that you've been praying for a long time, you might feel forgotten. But you know what? God's timing is perfect. You might be waiting for a husband. You might be waiting for that child to come back to God. You might be waiting for that job that you've been praying for. You might, you might be waiting um, for that situation and that circumstance for God to just fix it and heal it and, and change it. But you know what? God's timing is perfect. He has not forgotten about you. If you feel like you're in that pit alone, I want to remind you and encourage you today that God has not forgotten about you. He is surrounding you with his love. He is surrounding you. He's upholding you with his strength. And his purposes will be fulfilled that he has put into your heart. So in Genesis 41, Pharaoh finally has a dream. And it's very disturbing to him. So... He's finally remembered. Joseph is finally remembered. And he gets to come up and interpret Pharaoh's dream. And he tells him about the seven good years and the seven bad years, that there's a famine coming. And so Joseph is the one, only one that can interpret his dream. And he says, I've got to, you've got to put somebody in charge of this. You have to make sure this person is wise, that they know what they're doing, and so that everybody can be saved. And so he says, well, why not you? More favor on Joseph's life. More favor because he stayed consistent and trusting in the faithfulness of God. And so he puts him in charge of all of his, he's just the second in command of, of all of his, um, his kingdom, his, his land and his, his um, palace. And so Joseph is there and Genesis 41, 41 says, The Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you in charge over all of the land of Egypt. So keep dreaming. God is not finished. The ending is so good <laughs> because God is a God of providence and promise. And in chapters 42 through 50, this is the exciting part, the family reunion. So they come, they, the, seven years, um, the seven good years were really good. They saved up. They put food in the storehouse. Um, they did everything that, that Joseph had told everyone to do uh, and the officials to do in the land of Egypt. And so the seven bad years come. And, and Jacob finds himself where they are needing food and their family. And so he says, go, there's food in Egypt. Go to Egypt. So he sends his sons to Egypt. And, and it's really interesting in this part of the, um, the chapters here because everybody is a lot more humble. I think that, that years go by and, and people say, man, I feel like, man, we're getting old. And I said, nope, we're just getting more wisdom and more experience. <laughs> so if you have that, that beautiful gray hair, you know what that is? That is more wisdom and more experience. And so God will use that, that faithfulness and, and staying committed to his purposes. And so they go back and right away, this part is so exciting because here we see how God orchestrates the actions of evil for his good purposes and for ours. God is waiting to bless you. 
if we can accept his forgiveness. And so Joseph sees right away and he knows, that's my family. Those are my brothers. And I, I can't imagine the feeling that he had when he realized, God, all of that, you did all of that starting at 17 years old, 20 plus years have gone by. Those dreams that God put in his heart, 20 plus years, how many of us would give up after like a few years, right? Like 20 plus years, come on. But God used it to save his entire family. An entire generation was saved because he didn't give up on God's purposes. He didn't give up. He was able to take his pain and give it to God and trust him with it. He didn't give in to hopelessness. And so we can't get, give in to hopelessness because there is a generation that needs you. There's a generation yet to be born that is waiting to be born. He wasn't even born yet when Elizabeth and Jim were praying and interceding for their family one day. And God just orchestrates it perfectly. And he will use that pain that we go through and to make it a beautiful, beautiful story. And so he realizes, God, you used all of this, all of these dreams were to save an entire generation. Isn't that like God? What he did was he sent his son to save all of humanity, all of us, you and me, is that's all what he used, his purposes. And so the promises of Abraham still stand today. It is my inheritance too. And it crosses bloodlines. It is so exciting. It crosses every bloodline because every single one of those promises are my inheritance and it's your inheritance and it's your children's inheritance and it's your children's children's inheritance. All of those promises that God has put in his word will stand. Not time. Time can't stop it. Circumstances can't stop it. You can't stop it. <laughs> Isn't that good? We're not powerful enough to stop it. We can't do it. Only his word will stand. You were created to impact the world. Now, I'm sorry you've had to go through that pain and that loss because it does hurt. I can't imagine the pain that, that Joseph felt. He was alone. He was in a kingdom where he knew no one. And Egyptians didn't like shepherds. They thought they were disgusting. And so that God put him there, it was just like, what is happening, God? Right? And so that's painful. And there's pain and there's loss. And he had to choose to forgive his brothers. He had to choose to forgive somebody that tried to kill him, literally take him out and end his life and hurt their own father in the middle of it. But it's time to dream again. It's time to love again. And it's time to trust again. And this is how we do it. Childlike faith. His kingdom is reversed. This world needs you for the purpose in which you were born, church. We have to be about our Father's business. There's so much going on in this world right now. And I know it seems long because I know, I mean, we've been, I was raised in church. We've been talking about the rapture for so long. I was talking to my husband, Pastor Troy, the other day about how I loved to be read to. And we read a story yesterday in, um, at Joshua Kids, and these kids were silent during the story. And I'm like... I wanted to stop and look around like, what are they doing? You know, like, is something else happening? No, they were, they were silent. They were listening. Because God puts your imagination. He wants you to dream. 
And so while I was reading the words, they're imagining. God created you like that. Isn't that cool? God created us like that. He created us to be dreamers. He put that vision in your heart, that dream in your heart. Those are his purposes that he put in there. And he'll fulfill them. So you can have and stand on those promises and his hope. So be about our father's business. We have to get busy dreaming. We have to get busy knowing his word. We have to get busy staying consistent. No matter what, stay consistent. No matter what, get up every morning. No matter what, turn off the TV. No matter what, close your own mouth if you need to. Right? I know I have to sometimes. I'm like, stop it. Right? And get God's word. Speak his word instead. Speak his word over it instead. Speak life over it instead. Even when they are acting ugly. Because I know they do sometimes. And I do too. You do too. So we can't point at them. We all do. But speak God's word over it. And in closing, Genesis thirty-seven twenty-three said, So when Joseph came to his brothers, this is back at the beginning again. When Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe that he was wearing. And the word robe here represents a covering, the Father's love. The robe represents a covering. That robe that he was given by his Father, it was a covering. And it represents the Father's love. And I know that this world tries to take that robe off of us. That loving father that came and put that robe around you or that wants to put that robe around you and the world tries to take it off and say you're not good enough and and do you see it's not gonna work out do you see your, your family doesn't even want you like what happened to Joseph those dreams you're you're crazy what is wrong with you or maybe you've taken the robe off yourself and you say God this isn't working I can't do this anymore. It's too painful. It hurts too much. I don't see it. It's not working. Look at people are doing to me. Look at the circumstances in life. It's too heavy. It's too hard. But you know what? We're here to put, pick up that robe and put it back on you again. Put your father's robe on, back on you again. And maybe you're the brother. You're the brother's today and you need to ask for forgiveness or maybe you're Joseph and you need to forgive but we need to come back and be about our father's business God has put those purposes in your heart those dreams in your heart purpose for which you were born is so big church God is coming back for his bride and we can't get caught up in all of the distractions that are around us we've got to be childlike in our faith and trusting in him say God all right well I'm going to trust you again today I'm going to trust you with this again I give it to you I lay it at your feet and I trust you with it Let's stand, church. Will you stand with me today? I want to pray with you. Our altar ministers can come up now.
if there's anybody that needs prayer and you need that courage to trust again. Or maybe you need forgiveness or maybe you need to forgive others, right? Or maybe you just need God to show you again the dreams that he's placed in your heart and the purpose for which you were born, that he's put in your heart. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word today, God. Thank you that the promises of Abraham belong to us, Father. God, I pray that, that every person in here today, God, will just feel your love. They will feel your strength. Father, that you will give them favor like you did for Joseph. Everywhere that they go, no matter what, if they're in the pit, God, if they're in the palace of life, Father, no matter what's going on in their life, God, that you put favor upon them. Everywhere that they go, I pray that you would just bless them, Jesus. Show them those purposes, those dreams that you have put in their heart, God. Give them strength to trust again, to believe in your word, Father to know that you have put those dreams in their heart to save generations to come. That we will be about our Father's business. God, that we don't take it lightly, Lord Jesus. We will be vigilant. We will be watchful. We will be ready, Lord Jesus. Watching and waiting and listening, Holy Spirit. I just pray that every distraction would just come loose now, Father. That we will not be distracted, God. That we will be fixed on your word. That we won't look to the right or to the left, but we will be fixed on your promises and what your word says, Lord Jesus. Put a passion in our heart today, God. Put a fire in our heart, God. Put a fire in our heart for your word. Put a fire in our heart for others and their souls, God. Holy Spirit, show us, God. Help us to be led by you, Lord Jesus, not by our flesh, but by every word out of your mouth, God. Every word out of your mouth that we will follow, Jesus. God, I just pray that this body would be filled with hope, with joy, God. That they would take joy everywhere that they go because the favor of God is upon their life. God, that others will be drawn into your kingdom because of the lives that are in here today, Father. That people will not be able to stay away from the love of Jesus that is in their life, God. That their families will be saved, their friends will be saved, their co-workers will be saved. God, I just pray that circumstances, I pull down every stronghold, power and principality that tries to set themselves up against their lives today, God. We thank you for healing, Jesus. Thank you for physical healing, Father. Thank you for mental healing, God. Our thoughts and our minds are fixed on you. Thank you for emotional healing, God, that we have the joy of the Lord as our strength. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are so good, Father. We bless you. We honor you, God. In the name of Jesus. And I also want to pray, God, right now for anybody that doesn't know Jesus yet. He knows you, and he's been waiting for you. 
loves you. But he wants you to accept him, the free gift that he is. And his son, God, his only son that he sent. So if you want to pray that prayer with us today, let's all just pray that together. Father, we just accept your gift today, God. We accept your son. We thank you, Father, that you are the savior of the world. God, you said in your word that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that you are Lord, that we will be saved. So, Father, I just pray right now, God, that you are moving on the hearts of every person that needs you, that doesn't know you yet, God, that they will come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that they will gladly and freely accept this gift, God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to them and show them who you are, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. So if that's the first time you've prayed that prayer or if you prayed it again or if you need prayer for any reason, come up and, and we want to pray with you. But I just encourage you to dream big this week. Dream big. Walk around with Jesus joy. <laughs> Be a Jesus magnet to everybody that sees you, even in stores. Just smile. Show them the love of Jesus. Let it just burst and overflow all over. Be about your Father's business. Well, Merry Christmas. Live right, love everybody, and pray hard. Have a great week.